The deeper Christian life is no deeper than that of the clear teaching of God's Word. It is not a mystery withheld from anyone, but made known to all who will listen and obey. Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life. May Christ lead you deeper into Himself today as together we explore God's Word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hugan. There are wells of salvation that the Lord says His people with joy may draw from. In a desert existence, wells are not luxuries, they're necessities. And this world, friends, is a desert. To live in it and not die of thirst, you have to know where the wells of water are. Take your Bibles, turn to Isaiah 55. While you're turning to Isaiah 55, let me read to you Genesis 26, verse 18, to remind you of the passage that we've been considering for some time. There it says, And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names his father had called them. Now Isaiah 55. And let me read to you verses 1 through 3. We sang about this in our song of worship last week. Oh, everyone who thirsts, Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy, eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your wages for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear, and come to me. Now we know that the one who's speaking here is God Himself. Hear and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. As we look at this passage, as we begin to consider it, we look at Isaiah 55 and we see the prophet standing up and speaking, speaking and communicating God's own words to the people, saying, Listen, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Or, Look, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. It's a word that we don't know exactly what its meaning was, but it's a word of an exclamation point. Aha! Everyone who thirsts, look here, or here is the place where you should come. And then you have John chapter 7, verse 37. You have the story of our Savior on the last great day of the Feast of Tabernacles who stood up before the people as they'd come into the temple region to worship and he cried out with a loud voice saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Again, these two accounts remind us of another account found in John chapter 4 in which the Lord Jesus is standing by a well and he's speaking to a Samaritan woman whose life has been submerged in sins and he says to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that spoke to you or speaks to you, you would have asked Him and He would have given you living waters. And when you look at these different passages and you apply them, they seem to readily apply themselves to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A message to a lost world and to lost people and to thirsty people who are in need of that drink of everlasting life. It speaks to people who are without Christ and who need to find the Savior and experience His cleansing and His forgiving waters flowing and rushing over them. They need to experience the outflow of that life-giving water, that water of 
everlasting life. This is what Christ seems to be offering to the woman at the well. This is what Christ is offering to the people on the day of the Feast of Tabernacles. This is the promise of the covenant that he's being offered up to the people of Israel by the prophet Isaiah in his day. And so we look at these things and we know that we're being invited to, by faith, embrace the Lord Jesus Christ as the one who brings us eternal life. And for the individual who's never given their life to Christ, let me just say to you that when you come and you look upon Him and you trust Him for all of your great deep needs, primarily starting with this need that your sin would be removed and that you would be restored into a relationship with God, something that you can't accomplish by your own good works. You've tried it, but I'm just telling you that that, that approach has left you dry and barren and without the water of life. But when you come to Him, and as we see when the Lord Jesus is speaking to the people on that last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, He understands it. He's the one who is the water. He is the one who provides it and gives it. And when you come to Him, one drink of Him by faith, and you have all of your sins forgiven, every sin. You receive eternal life. One drink by faith, and what God opens up to you is He opens up to you a fountless of eternal and endless blessings. He gives your life peace. He gives your life a continuity, meaning that will extend out into eternity. He fulfills the very purposes and designs of what you are made for. He removes from you the pressures and burdens and stresses of this life because you know now that the one who has you is the one who has all the answers for your life. And the one who not only restores you and renews you, but has planned a good thing for you that will extend out through all eternity. So you have comfort, you have peace, you have blessing. doesn't mean all your problems go away, but all of your worries do. All of your anxieties should. And so when you read this and we read this, we see what the prophet Isaiah was speaking to and who he was speaking to and who, what Christ was announcing and the secret that he was sharing with the Samaritan woman. And we know that this is a message that the world so desperately needs to hear. But what we've been talking about over the last number of months is that this message that the world needs so desperately to hear is a message that the redeemed must never forget. We need to hear it too. That day and moment when we gave our life to Jesus Christ, a fountain opened up to us of everlasting life and we drank deep from it. But the tendency of human nature is to change out these great things and these great works of God for our own strength and our own flesh and our own ideas and to express our independence by wandering away from the very points and places where God gives life to us day in and day out. That's why God has to come along periodically and remind us of where this life, this redeemed life, is to be lived. And so Paul says in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, As you've received Him, so walk you in Him. And what he's saying is, listen, the point at which this eternal life sprung up to you is the point at which you are to continue to live your life. Don't walk away from this point. James comes along to us in James chapter 1, and he says to us, receive with meekness. Now he's speaking to the born-again man or woman. He's speaking to the redeemed man or woman who has looked in faith to Christ and received this fountain of everlasting life poured into him and out from him. And yet James says to this individual, Receive with meekness the engrafted word. That means it's something that's already inside of them. The eternal word of God, Jesus Christ. John said he was the word made flesh. 
receive with meekness the engrafted, internalized word that's been planted in you with meekness. It says, which is able to save your soul. Here James is telling the follower of Christ that they're to receive what they've received. Paul is saying that you're to walk in the way in which you began. You're to remain, in essence, at the well. You can't forget where life first began to flow up to you. You're to go back to that place again and again and again. And the sad story of the Christian life, oftentimes, and the sad story of those individuals that should be able to claim by this great heritage the right to draw from that well and that water, the sad story is that too often they wander away from that place. They lose their way. They go away from that well. Jeremiah talks about this to the people in Jeremiah's day when he speaks to the people of Judah in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, of this tendency and this lament that they walk away from the place where water, living water flows. He says, my people, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn for themselves cisterns broken cisterns that can hold no water. So we wander away ourselves and we become thirsty and dry all over again and we must come back to the well and when we come back to that well we'll discover what Isaac discovered. That our enemy has a vested interest in keeping us from that refreshing water and so he fills it with rubble and we've talked about the rubble that gets in that well and we're only going to get the rubble out of that well if there comes upon us a great sense of repentance for our neglect and a great commitment to prayer and diligence in extracting from and removing the rubble that keeps us from the flow, the life-giving flow of the water that's there that God intends us to daily drink from. Some of this sounds strange and odd to you, I know, because we're speaking of spiritual things and we can't really speak of them in a way that you'll understand through some systematic discourse of steps and sequences. We're speaking of things that almost are poetic. They're things that we don't really know until we know them. You know it. If you've given your life to Christ, if you've given your life to Christ, you know the moment when that fountain began to open up and you began to drink from it. And you know, you know, if you've wandered from it. You know if you're only drinking on a trickle from that stream instead of its full flesh that God wants from you. You'll know. And if you know, then these things should be important to you. This should be dear to you. Your desire and your longing should be to get back to the full flow from that well and to drink deep from it again. If this is totally and utterly strange to you, it's okay. It should be. Let me just say this. Jesus will provide for you everything that you need and long for and beyond what you could ever know or imagine. He has something for you that's so rich and so great that it's like free water of life that flows endlessly to an unending, unimaginable fulfillment of your being. He wants that for you. And so this message is for the unbeliever and the believer alike. It's God's desire for us. 
Now I want you to notice some things from this passage that we've looked at in Isaiah 55 and the one that we've referenced from John chapter 7 and John chapter 4. And what I want you to notice is in every account where we have this invitation to come and drink of this free water, you'll notice that the well seems to be right in the middle of the people. Isaiah seems to be speaking for God and saying, Aha! Or look! Or see! Or observe! Or come! Here! There's water here for you to drink. The Lord Jesus is standing in the midst of all the people. He's there among them and they're passing by and they're not recognizing who He is and what He has to offer. And He cries out in a loud voice, If anyone would come unto Me and drink! He's right there in the midst. And of course, the Lord Jesus speaking to that woman, Woman, if you knew who it was, if you just knew who it was who was speaking to you right now, he could give you water that you could drink. And the thing that you need to recognize here is that the emphasis in all of these stories is the fact that right in the middle, right in the presence of needy, thirsty people is the answer. It's right in front of them, and yet they don't seem to be able to see it. And now for you, Christian, Christ has given this promise. He says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He says, Lo, I am with you even to the ends of the earth. He says, I will be in you and you in me. There is nothing nearer to us than this. The well is before you and you can choose to drink of Christ for all you need. This has been the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this message, just call us at 208 331 40 Until the next time, may God bless you.